0: I V M
1: Hello and welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. I am Ashton, doctor, your Habit Coach. And today with us, we have Neha Sai for the second time. This is part two of our earlier podcast now if you haven't heard the first podcast please go make sure you listen to that because we are talking about nutrition and we're having a very interesting free-flowing discussion about different things about nutrition weight loss hair skin so come join in and enjoy the fun in fact, you know, that's the uh, theory that I used when I started this. So it started off again in a, with the weight loss thing when I was starting in my fitness journey, started weight loss, weight loss, weight loss. And then I said, no, you know what? I think the body, there's a, there's a principle, right? Every seven years you get a new body because all your cells have been reju- rejuvenated. Like, what would my perfect body look like seven years from now? Imagine if I could only give it the right ingredients and let's see what happens seven years from now. And I think that was what drove me towards moving away from weight loss towards this Uh, longevity kind of uh, movement
0: no of course and I'm telling you the food that you you don't understand the power of healing and I'll tell you one story a small one Uh, there was a client of mine and she's a dentist and I met her in a networking party and she was just casually telling me that you know Nea I've been suffering from 7 years of body ache it was a kind of like a spondylitis a unique one which is similar to arthritis okay and uh, from 21 till like she was 7 years which is very young she's on steroids and painkillers okay and she like I can't get up from the bed I suffer so much pain I can't do my dental work because I'm again suffering pain and you know I don't sleep well I feel bloated I'm just not happy with my life you know and I told her you have done everything right she's like I've done physiotherapy, have gone to doctor I said come let's do a diet. I did a diet recall and in her diet, she ate Maggie. she ate pizzas, she had cereals for breakfast and I was just like, okay, let's clean your diet. She like, I can't eat all this. I said, please give me three months. What have we got to lose? And you'll be amazed in three months. I think she was more amazed. She was off her medicines. Her doctor couldn't believe that she was off her medicines and he didn't have to give her anymore. She had energy. She has become a very big influencer on Instagram currently uh, with a lot of followers and she is... She is so happy with her life. And that's the magic of food, which we Killing don't realize. It. Killing it's
1: systemic inflammation that we just don't realize is happening to us, right? It is at such a low grade level that it slowly picks up over time. How do you convince people to stop these things? You know, like, you know, things that are creating this inflammation in your body. How do you convince them to give up on stuff that they've been doing for years and say, no, no, this is actually what's causing it.
0: I think even I have a lot of patience and, you know, going on telling them the exact same to thing to keep doing again. So I explain them a lot. I tell them, let's make your system alkaline. Let's, uh, you know, remove certain foods from your diet. And there are people, we to doing it You know, it's grandmother's thing. I said, grandmother's life was very different. She was moving her body. She was not calling a servant to switch on your TV. You know, it was a very different life. Yes, you need to follow your traditional diets, but traditional lifestyle is only fully changed. So, you know, it takes a lot of, to persuade a client that, you know, and I also tell clients, you know, even if you lose a kilo a month in a year, you're 12 kilos down, you know. So I keep telling all this to my clients a lot, you know, I keep providing this kind of small information to them so that, you know, they can improve their body.
1: So Neha, you know, in passing, you mentioned Maggie, right? And immediately I, I thought about it. You're a mom. How do you start convincing your children to start focusing on nutrition and food starting from a young age so that they have these habits and principles right in the start.
0: I'm so glad you asked me this question. So tell me one thing and I always ask every parent, how did your child start eating Maggie? Did the child ask you? Did it know it existed when it was small? No, you got it in your child's life. So who should be the first one to be corrected is you. So when it comes to my daughter, I don't think she tasted maggie that she was four to five years old. First it was given to her in a birthday party. It's never given by me. I don't give any of the junk stuff because I know when she grows old, she will be eating that, you know. And unfortunately, in our society, when you eat a samosa, nobody, uh, people are happy. The minute you take a salad bowl, which is healthy and nutritious, probably they'll be like, are you on a diet? What's wrong with you? You know, you're so boring. But you have to learn not to listen to people because and that's exactly what I do with my children. You know, I make sure that they eat clean. I do not introduce wrong foods at an early point. And this whole concept, let's reward with a chocolate or let's reward with something like a burger. Why can't we reward people with something better? Like let's reward people with a fruit, a nice tasty date ball. Why do we always have to do this whole thing of rewarding with something junk? It's the mindset that needs to be changed. And this is the biggest problem in in the parents, not in the child. I My parents never got you know, colas home. So I don't have a taste for colas only. And I don't think they knew it was healthy or unhealthy, but they just didn't, never bothered, you know. So if I bought it, it comes very natural. If I have to have, it'll be a fresh lime soda because, you know, that's what my parents always gave us, you know. So your childhood habits are the ones that decide a lot what you're going to eat in the future, you know. The rest is there when you go to university and you do it. It's, it's a whole different theory. But your foundation needs to be strong. And I always urge parents, don't come complaining to me that your child is obese. Don't now try to put them on a diet because you introduced all this, you know. no, Your child never asked you for a jam sandwich, you know, chemicalized, fully jam. Why are you giving your child a jam sandwich? They didn't ask for it. So it's as simple as that.
1: Let me add a story here. So um, last weekend, I was with two friends of mine. One had a four-year-old daughter. One had a five-year-old daughter. And one of the mothers had said that, you know, we are cutting down on her Maggie intake. So now she will have Maggie only once a week. Yeah. And the other daughter had never heard of what Maggie was. So when we said that we are going to have Maggie today, she was flummoxed. She said, like, what the hell is Maggie? And took one bite and suddenly you could see her eyes explode. There's something, you know, that that immediately... Tittles the taste, but never had had it. Suddenly it was like, my God, where have you been all my life? Right? It's so interesting that we start eating only for the taste, and we don't care about what's actually in it and and the nutritional profile. I think it's so important that we start thinking about it.
0: So you know, what the thing is, taste. You know, it's one of the sins. You know, they say that you know, eating gluttony is a sin. You know, and I think uh, human race is born with gluttony. Let's face it, and. Obviously, a food like, you know, when you take processed packaged food, they are mixed with all things that can make you addictive. They have MSG, they have flavoring, they have sugar and salt combined at a ratio which is quite high, which you don't even taste it, but it's actually there in it, in the product, you know. Uh, And that's why the craving and the taste is so much more flavorful because, and I'm not saying healthy food doesn't have that taste also. It does have it, but this has that addictive thing. We all know what's in colas. It's not a hidden fact. They know it's a very addictive product. Some say sugar is more addictive than cocaine also, they say. So these these researches are there, but the point is junk is okay to have. I'm not saying, even if you want to have a Maggi, I'm not telling my client, don't eat it. Just put two cups of vegetables in. Let's try to make something and break an egg in it. You know, put some chicken in it if you're a non-vegetarian. So let's try to, instead of trying to change their childhood habit, which they won't, They are anyways going to open it no matter what diet I give them. Now has started to make sure that they get, get a little bit of their junk with a whole lot of nutrition in it. So we can okay. find a balance. So my theory is 80% healthy, 20% junk because it has to happen that way in today's time.
1: And um, do you believe junk all at one time? Junk sprinkled throughout the week? How do you plan your junk intake?
0: So this, this again is a very interesting question. It's a very, I think it's personal because I think each one has their own personality. There are a lot of people who believe let's eat that one reward meal. I won't call it a cheat meal, but one reward meal. And let's finish all the cravings. So I'll have my burger, milkshake, whatever I want and get done with it. And let's get back. Which is again, also a lot of research say that when you high carb yourself for one meal, it actually boosts your metabolic rate. A uh, lot of, uh, you know, athletes do it, you know, before, you know, before their competition starting, you know, so it does work for some people. Some people like to divide it. Someone like me likes to divide So if I have a cup of ice cream one day, I'll make sure I'm clean the next day. After two, three days, I'll probably have another, something else. So each one to their own way of living.
1: Lovely. What are the principles of the things that enter your house and your kitchen at home? Like what are the things that you've devised as a strategy or these are the things that come in, these will never enter my my kitchen. What would they be?
0: So I live in a joint family. So like most of the Indians... Oh, this is going
1: to be even more interesting then.
0: So it's not that simple to change people's thinking and mindset, especially my mother-in-law, who's obviously a certain age, you know. But the only thing I was very, very, very particular about was my oil so I removed first thing was refined oil I think that's the root cause of all inflammation in the body cause for any particular health issue chronic disease and that took time servants will also have this you know it's expensive and uh, it did take a while so you know it does still and I tell them not to reuse you know fry you know once you fry the food don't you don't dilute that oil and reuse it. It's it's already rancid, you know. But certain things can't be changed. They feel they shouldn't throw that away. But at least small changes have happened. We never use now refined oil. We use only cold-pressed or double-filtered oil in our house. Which one? The ghee. So, we, we switch it off. So, we keep switching. Sorry, rotating it. It's either groundnut. It's either mustard. It's either coconut. It's either sesame, you know. And ghee, obviously. So, these are the 4-5 oils which are there so mustard oil obviously in mom when it's cooler because the heaty oil sesame goes in chinese uh olive oil is not a cooking oil for indian food and please whoever's hearing this please don't use it for cooking it doesn't have a high eating point so that's for western cooking or for salads that we eat so that's one thing and the other habit that i try to change is eating early so because we had so many different members some some ate at 8 30 some ate at 10 some ate at 12 and then there. are they have acidity in the morning, they're taking the pink pill, they're taking all these things to digest, you know, and they're very happy, you know, but it doesn't work that way, you know. So, you know, I always tell people, it's not that you have to eat at six in the evening to lose weight or that. You have to eat three hours before you sleep, which could be if you are one o'clock sleeping, I'd rather see you eat at 10 so that you don't open a packet of chips at one in the night. So, you know, it's, it's all these small, small tips I did start giving, but, you know, I'm ghar ka, so the listening is slightly lesser. The outside people listen better to me, I'll be honest about.
1: Yeah, I was saying that that um, strangers and foes will follow what you're saying, friends and family won't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I tell my no friends chance. and family to pay me. I'm like, please pay me. I think then you will follow my advice or go to someone else. They're like, why should we go to someone else? And then they start modifying their own diet. You know,
1: you know my dad will come and tell me, you know, I heard this on a podcast, Ashtin. And I was like, Dad, I've been telling you this for the last three years. Why couldn't you follow it at that point of time? No, no, now no, we'll try it, huh? So It's better absolutely. than
0: my dad and office. He'll come with some digestive biscuits. See, healthy liquor. It's damn good. Peter. try to have as an in-between snack. I said, please read the ingredient list. It has such a big para. After three things, what is the rest written? No, no, peta. Superb. You don't know anything. I said, okay, dad.
1: There's so many trappings, right, with with, with food and nutrition. Do you think it's getting easier and easier over the years? It's getting more difficult to talk to people about nutrition.
0: I think it's getting more complicated. And unfortunately, people think they've become quite smart with their limited knowledge because social media, you know, someone will be pointing a finger here. They're saying these two things are good. Then they'll call me up and they'll be like, but uh, this one said brown rice. This one said white rice. So which rice should we eat, you know? And I'm like, okay, I will explain you which one you should be eating. So the, un, there's a lot of knowledge also out there. So it's a good thing in a way that people are getting a bit aware and conscious. But as I said, there's a nutrition war happening. And I think at some level, it's a business. So it is a bit commercial. So one person will just stand up and say that, you know, I want you to eat your traditional grandmother's food because the a good selling point. The other one will say that a glass of vegetable juice. So each one has their own selling point in the end of the day. But as long as if the person gets out of the whole thing healthy, feeling fit, feeling energetic, feeling mentally happy, I think then it's a win.
1: We're going to take a quick break. See you on the other side. Welcome back. All right, let's jump into the conversation. We were talking about hair earlier. I'm just cycling back to that conversation because we missed the second part, which was skin, right? And I think skin is something that is so important because that is your first visiting card that people see as well when they look at you.
0: Unfortunately, yes.
1: That is how actually people are judged. And then after a while, all the things that are not skin deep come out. So what are the aspects of nutrition and skin and how are they related?
0: So, you know, one thing I always tell uh, when people come for skin, I always say, certain amount of skin is also genetical it does come uh genetically some people are blessed with better skin the other thing i feel is that uh indian skin is a bit patchy because of the sun that we have so to get that technically very glowing skin is a bit difficult to some of the indians because of the sun rays is strong and we do get patches of sun burn on our skin you know so diet plays a role to enhance the skin okay it what damage has done probably it will help but as i said some are genetically blessed some are not okay now skin please what helps good skin very simple, good levels of iron in your body. Again, your ferritin plays a very big role. Your dark, If you have very high dark circles, which are not genetical, is usually iron deficiency. If your skin doesn't have glow, it's iron deficiency. So iron provides basically oxygen to your body, to your cells. And that's what it shows. The nice pinkish skin and the glow is usually because of good levels of iron in your body. Second thing is when people go on a very low fat diet are the ones have very, so that's one of the only benefit I would say of keto is people's skin becomes quite good in keto, you know, because of the high fat when you have nuts, avocados, seeds, which are like the best thing for your skin. So good quality fats obviously really enhance your skin. And obviously my favorite, my favorite is a glass of vegetable juice. You will be amazed and you obviously have to have it with some sort of fat so that the nutrients, especially vitamin A, gets absorbed for better skin. A glass of vegetable juice with a teaspoon of coconut oil or some nuts next to it is a skin booster, you know. But again, as I said, by just adding these three things and then eating throughout the day, wrong food, taking a cigarette and dragging around it, it's not going to help you. So it's obviously, again, a combination of healthy lifestyle. You're working out. So again, you're removing toxins from your body. Again, constipation, which is a very big thing. Uh, Constipated, if you're constipated perpetually, it results in dull skin because you're not, again, removing toxins from your body. Your estrogen levels are not balanced. So... Yes so those are the basic factors have a have to summarize it have good fats get your iron levels checked and introduce a glass of vegetables
1: lovely last two questions what are things that you wish your clients came and asked you that they don't actually ask you you know i wish People would ask me these things. I could actually tell them these things and you know shake them up a little bit about things.
0: I wish a client came and asked me they want to be healthy and fit rather than just saying I want to lose weight. So that is one. And I love it when someone tells me that nee, I just want to feel good. I want to feel I have great energy and let the byproduct be weight loss and I'll be happy. And obviously the second thing we discussed the weighing scale obsession. So I would love a client who came and told me I have Lynch inch loss but I'm okay with my weight. But I think that's a dream come true. Probably there'll be one in my entire career. And last but not the least, like. A client who decides that let's not only be on calorie deficit and let's even try to introduce some form of exercise in our diet, which is beyond a walk if you're a young person. I don't understand why people have to walk at the age of 20s and 30s if they have their own particular health issue. I, I think you can do a little more. You're young. Let's push your body a little to do something better. But again, people are lazy and they want shortcuts. Uh, so yeah, someone who comes to me with a good goal and a you know an established goal is is much more easier to work.
1: I love the fact that this was the first time I think we mentioned the calorie throughout this entire podcast. So, you know, when people are obsessed with calories, is it a good obsession to have? Should people be thinking about calories? Should people be thinking about other things apart from calories? What is the role that calories play in in the way that you work with people?
0: So obviously, to some extent, calorie deficit is a requirement to some extent for weight loss. But that is not the main focus of weight loss. I tell my clients, why don't you look at the colors in your plate and count those rather than count the calories in your plate. Natalie. Again, we have apps which, you know, uh, just basically justify a bit, you know, you cannot ever put in an app what you have eaten and it can give you an accurate answer because you don't know how much oil your cook has put Firstly, You have no idea the exact quantity of what you have eaten. You feel you've eaten 50 grams, but you must have eaten 20 or 100 grams. You have no idea you know a chicken breast is the packaging is written i'm quite sure the packaging also sometimes is not correct so um and let's not forget the hormonal imbalance and the absorption by the gut so it's such a long issue so i as i said i always say, clients let's try to eat real wholesome food let's remove packaged junk let's start with this but clients will ask how many calories are my diet i say i don't know i'm not calculated they will like how is it possible i say i don't know i'm not calculated i've given you real food Eat. So my diets are basically made on maintaining blood sugar levels. I totally believe in that concept that if your blood sugar levels are maintained throughout the day rather than having extreme peaks is one of the best ways to lose weight because you know maintaining that the insulin levels are better balanced and you know as most of the people today have insulin resistance or type 2 diabetes uh, this all is more important than just a calorie in a diet or the micronutrients so obsession, protein, carb and fat.
1: I want to reach across and give you a high five right now, because this is the key part, because otherwise you get so calorie obsessed about, you know, this is high, this is low, but you're not looking at what the low calorie thing is doing to your blood sugar. And it's that increase in blood sugar that's actually going to be promoting your fat gain, or at least, you know, your fat absorption, because that's how it it gets created. So nobody thinks about these things. How do you get this point of education with your clients
0: it's not that simple honestly some are willing to listen some are not you know the problem is the western culture has made micronutrient concept a very big concept the calorie and the micronutrient you know these health coaches which are there and it's there again it's a selling point you know it sells it's easier to make a okay you are eating a 14 calorie diet the client is happy Uh, you know, we are getting to eat everything in this 14 as long as we match 1400, you know, and initially it does work for some people, they do lose weight. But after a point, then they have a plateau. And then they are like, Oh, now we have a plateau, what should we do? But it just and again, how many calories can you lower beyond a point? So I tell clients, let's lift weights, let's get ourselves metabolically more active you know let's burn more calories by just sitting and talking like how i'm talking to you i'm probably burning calories because i have more muscle mass you know rather than a fat person i'm not skinny fat i'm actually toned you know so that's what the the knowledge is very difficult to impart you just need to have a lot of patience and you can only hope see i always tell every client i'm not your mother i'm not your teacher i'm just guiding you because you are all adults who have come to me very few kids come to me you know so if, if you're an adult, you have made a wise decision to come to me, at least trust my knowledge, at least put some faith in me, you know.
1: Absolutely. Last question. What are some of the habits that you wish everybody did before coming and talking to you?
0: I wish they just didn't think of you know, brainwash their mind about nutrition and came to me. I think that would be the best thing because then I, if they came with an open mind, I could actually fill them with practical uh, knowledge which could help them for a better future. So that's what I would wish. They come with an open mind and brainwash what they have seen on social media or on articles written by influencers or videos made by them with no knowledge backing them really.
1: Beautiful. Absolutely agree with you. Clean slate and then now start drawing on it and applying something new. Exactly. Fantastic. Neha, thank you so much for coming on the Habit Coach podcast. How can people get in touch with you continue this conversation?
0: Of course, they can uh, find me on Instagram at the rate Neha Sahai. Uh, visit me on www.nehasahai.com. Everything is quite easy. It's just Neha Sahai. So just out. Easy Easier self-obsessed. So everything is Neha
1: Sahai. <laughs> Superb. Neha, thank you so much for coming on.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Oh my God, IVM, you got the seven-year itch. Congratulations, seven years of being in existence. Happy, happy, happy birthday to you. So excited and I'm so honored to be part of this journey with you. Now, if you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or ivmpodcast.com.